Well, this morning's scripture is going to center around Psalm 130, verse 5. Let's read that together. You might be a little bit surprised. It says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I do hope. And that has just been thoughts that have been just ringing in my, my soul for quite a long time. And I, I had no idea how I was going to bring this about, but I believe that the Spirit has, has helped guide me throughout the night. And, and I'd like to just kind of share with you what I've been wrestling with and what I believe the Lord has for us this morning. And I'd like to begin by just asking this question, and it's one that, that God has, has caused me to stop and consider. So you're going to get to join in considering it with me. And it's a simple question, and it's this. What are you waiting for? That's a pretty simple question, right? And I know it's broad, but I ask that just by the help of the Spirit, because we've got to rely on Him, even you guys, as, as you're discerning the Word that's being preached to you, you've got to rely on the Spirit to help bring thoughts to mind that's going to help us, right? That's going to help you individually. And just consider for a moment what comes to mind when you think, what have you been waiting for? <clears throat> so as you're pondering that, let me share the biggie for me this past week. Okay? Now, in case you guys don't know, as one who works in the public school setting, God's blessed me to be able to enjoy an excitement that I've been able to carry forward from my childhood and that is the hope of waiting for snow days. And everyone, most everyone can identify with that, right? Some from your childhood memories, and some who might be employed by a school district and you're rooting right alongside with me, right? But there's nothing quite like receiving that early phone call in the morning when you realize you get to snuggle back in bed and just kind of dream of what the day might hold because it's not going to hold school. And um, I'm thankful for that, and that's been one of the things that, that I know that hasn't been this past week, even though we ended up getting a snow day on Friday. Thank you, Lord. That was nice. But the thing that came to mind for me when I was thinking about this last night and this morning was, what have I been waiting for? And I've discovered that for myself, I can even kind of have a similar joy of waiting for a snow day by driving a school bus. Now, this might sound a little bit odd to you, but I've discovered that on my route, if certain kids don't ride, then I can change my bus route and save about 15 miles and get home about 10 minutes earlier than what I normally would do. And that's always kind of one of those things when I'm up at the high school getting ready to, you know, everybody's loading. I'm always kind of wondering, oh, is that, if that one's here, yep, yep, nope, no, though, that one's not on today. And then you start thinking, right? And uh, I've been driving now for about four years, 
And there's always been this one bus stop that has prevented me from gaining minutes. Now, when I say gaining minutes, it's not completely selfish. I just love being home earlier with my family, okay? And, uh, but for the past four years, I've known that at some point, this kiddo is going to get his license, right? And, and I'm thinking, it'll happen someday. And uh, lo and behold, this past week, it happened got their license, the siblings riding, and the first day that they're not going to be on the bus, lo and behold, I get a brand new student on my bus, and they live four stops down from where this other individual lived. And this is what I can tell you, Brother Kenny, you're talking about sanctification, right? And this is a testimony to God, because I know me, all right? Four years in the waiting, the week that they get their license, and I've tasted it sometimes throughout that four years when they get picked up and they don't ride, and I get home like that 15 minutes early, earlier. I mean, I was just envisioning, this is the new route, this is the new routine. God brings a new kid the day of, but there was no anger. There was no frustration I was able to see this new student through the eyes of love because God has afforded me the opportunity to know their past and know where they're at now. And to have this new student get on my bus every day. Good morning, Dusty. How are you today? What a joy. So I, in the midst of my what am I waiting for? God somehow used my waiting to prove to me that he's doing something in here. And I thank him for that. Because I know how I would have reacted. I know how Dusty would have reacted. It would not have been pretty. I might have been able to contain it on the outside, you know, grip that steering wheel a little bit tighter, you know, whatever. But the Lord took care of that in that moment. <laughs> now that's not to say I don't have to be on guard because I know, right? Be on guard. Be watchful. Be alert. But that was one of the things that came to mind for me when I was considering this morning, what have I been waiting for? And that might sound completely foolish for you, but what's popped in your head? What, what kind of things have you been waiting for this past week? Because let's face it, brothers and sisters, we live in time, the realm of time, right? And things are going to involve waiting. They just are because the future is not here yet, right? And God's got a purpose in using time to help sanctify us. But what are we doing with it? What have you been waiting for. Now, as I was reflecting on that this morning, he used that situation to cause me to examine what I find myself waiting for and thinking about compared to what I see to waiting being described in the scriptures. So that's what we're going to do this morning is we're going to, to look through some things in the word 
that applies to waiting, okay? And I'm going to encourage you guys to know that I didn't scratch the surface in relation to the comprehensiveness that the Word has in regards to waiting. So there's certain verses that I'm going to be reading and sharing about that. The Spirit might bring different verses to your mind. You know, jot those down. That might be something that, that God would have us speak and talk about either during testimony time or fellowship time in the back. Okay, Be sensitive to the Spirit's prompting. Do you believe and trust that the Spirit is going to move among us today? Do you believe that? If he doesn't, what are we doing? Right? We're just filling chairs. But we're looking to him for help and guidance. And I believe, and I know myself, I need help reflecting on what am I waiting for? Okay, the first verse we're going to look at this morning, and, and there's, there's, it seems like there's three main points that God brought out this morning to me. And the first one is found in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. And I'm just going to read through this, and we'll talk about it. Consider this in, in light of waiting, okay? For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for, now the ESV translates that as waiting for, okay? Waiting for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. So in that verse, what does it say we should be looking for or waiting for? Did you catch it? We should be looking or waiting for the blessed hope of what? The glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? That's a biggie, okay? I'm going to spend part of my time waiting for when my bus route can kind of get a little bit easier. Okay, compare that to wait for, be looking for, be waiting for what? The blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the question comes to mind, am I waiting for that. Okay? Question one for yourself. Are you waiting for that? So, as I was thinking about that, are there days, weeks, or months that go by that we don't give any thought at all to Jesus Christ's return? Consider that. Do you fall in that days or weeks or maybe months at a time where you, you don't have the thought of Christ coming back? The, you don't have the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ here. It's not something you find yourself waiting for. Let's remind ourselves of the promise that Christ said pertaining to his return, right? This is in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. This is Christ talking. He says, 
Let not your heart be troubled. Did I get that one in there? Okay. It's, you can write this down. It's John 14, 1 through 3. And Christ is talking. It's Jesus talking. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Jesus says, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that, that where I am, there you may be also. That is Jesus Christ letting it be known that if I go and prepare a place, I'm coming again so that you can be where I am. Jesus Christ, the Lord of all creation, giving us a promise that I'm going to come back, and when I come back, you're coming home with me, and you're going to be with me. Does that stir anything in here? When you hear that truth? Because that is a truth, right? That's a promise. Christ said we can believe and bank on it, can't we? He's coming again. Are we waiting for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus? Now, we shouldn't treat a glorious promise from our Savior as just a secondary thought, right? Something we kind of catch every now and then. Because I've found that in my own life, a lot of times the way I wait for things in life is to get busy with other things, Right? I'll have the thought of something that isn't, hasn't happened yet, so I'm going to be waiting for it, but then I kind of put it on the side shelf so I don't really look and think about it a whole lot, right? You guys do that? So that means if, if, I, if I do that, I get busy with other, thing, other things, so by the time the thing that I'm really waiting for becomes a reality, it's more of an unexpected surprise, right, rather than a joy of what I've been eagerly awaiting, you done that? Right? Something that might not really be that significant. You're, you're waiting for it, but you don't want it plastered right here, thoughts all the time of it, because it's going to be a while. You stick it over here. You get distracted and busy with other things. The next thing you know, bing, hey, I was waiting for that. Right? Do we put the coming of Christ in that category? I'm asking me that, right? You can ask yourself that too. But... This is kind of what came out as far as how ludicrous that is if we do that, when I do that. I'll, I'll phrase it like that. It's like comparing someone walking out of the movie theater, right? And they're waiting for the next nine months before the sequel comes again, right? You take that individual who's waiting and you compare it to an expected, an expecting married couple waiting for the birth of their first child in the next nine months. Can you see the comparison between the two? This might not be a great comparison, but it's what hit me this morning. You got this one individual coming out of the movie theater. Man, they really liked that movie. Mm, that, was, that was it. I cannot wait to see part two, but I got to wait nine months, right? <clears throat> What's their lives going to be in relation to their waiting for that? They might think of it every now and then, 
They might even re-watch the movie when it comes out on DVD or whatever before the new one comes back in the movie theater. Okay? They might hit play on the preview of the trailer of when it comes out, like, I don't know, three weeks before the thing comes back in the theater. That might be the culmination of the waiting thought that they put towards that, right? <clears throat> so you take that individual, compare it to a new couple that's married. God's blessed them with the gift of a coming baby. How do they wait? Now, I can remember the thoughts Kim and I shared from the moment we saw the positive signs on the pregnancy test. You remember that? Whew, I can. And I can remember us studying the weekly developmental stages of Izzy and Isaac as they miraculously grew within the womb. This week, they're the size of a peanut. This time, they're, they're, the, this time they're looking like a, you know, a grape. Or this, you know what I'm talking about? What to expect when you're expecting or whatever that was, okay? Nightly reading. Ooh, that had some scary stuff in there. <clears throat> but still yet, I, we were putting time to know, to learn, right? And then it went from that to listening to the first sounds of the heartbeats to seeing their images on the ultrasounds. <clears throat> We couldn't wait to see them. <laughs> we even bought some kind of, I don't even know, a stethoscope, something battery-powered. You stick it here on the side, and you're supposed to be able to hear something. Heard a lot of gurgling. I don't know if that was a baby or not. But by golly, we invested because we wanted to be there. We wanted to know. We were excited, right? We couldn't wait to see them. And there wasn't a day that went by that we didn't think about them or have thoughts of what it would be like to finally See them. Do you long to see your Savior, Dusty? Do you long to see your Savior, Dusty? That's what hit me this morning. Now you make the earthly comparison between the moviegoer that's waiting nine months for the sequel to begin and the earthly comparison of the husband and wife that's been blessed and they are eagerly awaiting that gift of a child. It's almost not even on the same playing field, right? It's like you can't even hardly compare that, can you? How much more, as a child of God, that's been purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, should we be eagerly waiting for the glorious appearing of the One who saved us? If we're going to wait, let's wait eagerly for that. Right? So that was number one. And I don't know about you, but you start talking about pregnancy and, and stuff like that. And in Scripture, did you have this thought? Do you have any thoughts of the labor pangs mentioned in Scripture? <clears throat> Did that have anything to do with waiting? Let's find out. Let's see if we can identify the waiting described in Romans chapter 8. Verses 18 through 25. So the first waiting was waiting for the glorious appearing of Jesus, right? His return, that is definite. We can count on it. It is going to happen, right? Number one waiting. Number two waiting. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8, 18 through 25. 
See if you can catch it in here. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. So creation has uh, eagerly waiting things going on, right? It does. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him, him who? The creator of all, right? Him who, cre- who subjected it in hope because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. This, this beauty that we behold in creation, it is corrupted. It is tarnished. It, is, it pales in comparison to what it will be when creation is renewed. Do you agree to that? Do you believe that all, we'll all be made new? Right, we do. Creation will be restored, right? So it says, but because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. And not only that, is it just creation? Nope. Not only that, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, those who have been saved, right? Even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, what? Eagerly waiting for what? The adoption, which is the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? We don't see this body redeemed yet, right? But we hope of the promise that's coming. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Okay, so point one was talking about eagerly waiting for the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ who will come, right? Oh, let's wait eagerly for that. Bus route, movies, right? Priorities, let's, let's renew our minds to truth here. The second thing, did you catch it? And we're going to relate it not to creation, although that's a component of it. We're going to relate it to the first fruits, okay? Those who are saved, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, which is the redemption of our body. Now, I, can, I believe, and I'm every day believing this more and more, I believe we can all identify, especially as we get older, that there is a longing to be free from this temporal housing. Right? Oh, yeah. Right? These bodies aren't meant for eternity. They're temporal tents. Right? Now, I know there's very real components that bear very heavily on my stewardship of this vessel, right? If this tent gets tattered prematurely because of negligence, that's not on God, that's on me, right? So I know that exists, but the reality is there's a limited time frame before this dust returns to dust, right? And then that's, that's not to scare anybody, that's just to remind us of don't put your hope here, right? 
our hope is eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of this body. Now it says, this tent is not designed nor equipped for eternity, but guess what? Our heavenly body is, right? Let's read a little bit about this. And when I say a little bit, I mean lots about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're going to read from verses 42 through 58. And the reason we're going to read a lot about it is because once I started reading about it, I could not stop because it is joyously hopeful and I am ready. I am looking forward to this and I hope and pray that you're looking forward to this too. So we're going to start in verse 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead, the body, we all have bodies, the body is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Get it. It is sown a natural body. We got it now, right? We're living in these natural bodies. When this is put to dust, we will be raised a spiritual body. Amen? There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, right? Adam and Eve, God created Adam from the dust of the ground, right? He breathed life into him. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, Christ, became a life-giving spirit. It's by the gift of the spirit that we are made new. Brother Kenny was talking about new creation, right? That's whenever that which is dead in us, God imparts his spirit in us and grants us new life. We become a new creation. That's what it's talking about. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Now stay with me. However, the spiritual is not first. Adam wasn't born that first, okay? But the natural. You weren't born as the spiritual when you were first born. Do you get that? That's what the word is saying. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward, the spiritual. When you get saved, when God imparts life to you, there's a spirit in here, but yet it's housed in this temporal body. God has promised us not that this temporal body will live forever, but that we will be given a new spiritual body. Are you with me? Crickets. Are you guys with me? Okay. All right. So here we go. It says, The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man, Christ, the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. All humanity that is born. Correct? And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. Those whom God purchases for his son, brings about to redemption and saves and grants new life that become new creations while yet walking on this earth in temporal housing. Are you with me? Okay. So, so are those who are heavenly. God has promised a, a future, a hope, one that we read about Christ saying, if I go and prepare a place, I'm going to come again. He's going to take us to heaven, right? We're going to be to those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. We're going to bear the image of Jesus. Now, this I say, brethren, 
that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. This body cannot go to heaven. It can't, okay? Nor does the corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible is put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I really struggled to know where to cut off in that, so I didn't, because all that is glorious, right? God's promised that this earthly will put on heavenly, this corruption will put on incorruption, this mortal will become and put on immortality. That is promise. That is truth. If you're a child of God, that will happen. Are you waiting for it? What are you waiting for? What are we waiting for? I love that scripture. I love it. However, I want to go back and, and I want to look back at Romans 8.23. Because in that that we just read, we read about the change that's going to take place, the corruptible putting on incorruption, the mortal putting on immortality, right? We read about that. But I want to go back and I want to reflect together on Romans 8.23 about what are we eagerly waiting for in, re, in regard to what the Word says. Because do you agree? It's about the Word. Do you believe that? It's about what the Word tells us. That's what we base our life on, right? That's what we can walk in because God has provided the path. This is the light for our path, amen? Okay, so Romans 8.23, not only that, remember we, we were talking about how, how, how creation is going to be redeemed, right? Basically made new. It, not only that, but we also, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, for what? Eagerly waiting for the adoption, which is the redemption of our body. Now, consider this. What is the primary motivation for our eagerly waiting for the redemption of our body? Think about it for a minute. Because our priorities might be a little bit askew. Okay? What's the primary motivation for our eagerly waiting for the redemption of the body? Questions. Is it that we'll no longer struggle with sickness, aches, or pains? Is that, our, is that our primary motivation for eagerly waiting? Is it that we'll no longer battle with the power of sin and its many temptations? Is that the primary motivation? 
Is it that we'll no longer be weary from the weaknesses of our flesh? Is that the primary motivation for why we eagerly wait for the redemption of this body? Well, I believe that all these things, they're true. I believe they are. I believe they are true. Oh man, I long to not struggle with sickness and aches and pains. I long to not battle with the power of sin and the temptations that exist. I long to no longer be weary from the weakness of my flesh. Oh, I long for this body to be made new. I long for that. But while I believe all these things to be true, I consider, this is just me, I consider the primary motivation for eagerly waiting for the redemption of the body is that the immortal spiritual body awaiting us is equipped to behold the marvelous glory of the infinite triune God. Why do I long for this body to be made new with a new spiritual body that God has promised I will get? What's the motivation for why I would eagerly wait for that? The motivation for eagerly waiting for the redemption of the body is that the immortal spiritual body awaiting us is equipped to behold the marvelous glory of the infinite triune God. It's about seeing Him. Amen? It's about seeing Him and knowing Him more, which will lead to a deeper and richer adoration in worship to the one who alone is worthy of all praise. Right now, brothers and sisters, we worship as in a, a mere dimly, right? God has to shield us from his true glory because these mortal frames cannot contain it. Amen? We can't contain, we can't handle it. But someday, someday God, in his plan, is going to give us a new spiritual body. And guess what? It can handle it. God has made this new spiritual body in such a way that we can behold him. Do you see how you could get the motives wrong? You could eagerly wait for this body to be redeemed Oh, no more sickness, no more pain, no more struggling with sin, no more struggling with my weakness of the flesh, which is all true and good. But it is not the reason why we eagerly wait. And if it is, we're missing it. Because don't you long to be with Him? Don't you long to behold Him? Don't you want to see what it talks about in the Word where the seraphim and the cherubim are, are standing and flying and, and proclaiming holy, 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 and the temple is filled with His glory? Don't you long to see it? The only way that can happen is when this immortal puts on immortality. Do you eagerly wait for that? Oh, brothers and sisters, may we eagerly await a new spiritual body that is capable of beholding the great I Am. Amen? So we talked about eagerly awaiting for 
the coming of the glorious one, Jesus Christ, eagerly, eagerly awaiting his return. Right? We've talked also about eagerly awaiting the redemption of this body in the right motive, which is so that we might be equipped to behold him. Eagerly wait for that. And there was one other thought that I had before getting here this morning, and it was this, and you may be thinking this. You may be thinking, Brother Dusty, this is all wondrous and glorious, but what about the here and now? You're talking about when Christ comes, woo! You're talking about when this body is laid to rest, I'm getting a new body, woo! What about now? What about the struggles? What about the marriages that don't reflect Christ in the church? What about disobedient and wayward children? What about the body of Christ that seems to struggle with conditional love? What about dishonest bosses and discouraging co-workers? What about the power of sin and the weakness of my flesh? What about the deceiving, roaring, lying, seeking to destroy me? What about the endless deluge of fiery darts of the enemy reminding me of my many failures? What about being so weary and feeling so defeated that I can't remember the last overwhelming outpouring of the love of God? Dusty, what about that? What, I'm in, what about when I'm in the miry pit of despair and I don't have the strength or hope to stand? What about that? What is your answer, brother and sister? Because that is the world we live in. That is a world that is under the power of the enemy. That is a world where the power of sin reigns that is a world where we are constantly in battle, right? I know you can identify with this. I know you can. So what about that? And all I have, brothers and sisters, is the word. Do you hear me? All we have is the word of God. And don't let the enemy deceive you into thinking that that's not sufficient. Because it is. That is all we have. That's all we can stand on. And we need to remind ourselves that the truth is all we need. And I'm just going to touch on a couple verses. That's why I told you, be sensitive to the Spirit's promptings. There's way more, brothers and sisters, than, than what I just jotted down this morning. But these are the ones that came. So I pray you listen. And I pray if you find yourself in those whatabouts, in any of them, and if you find yourself in the whatabouts in your mind that I did not even read, listen. Not to Dusty. Listen to the Word of God. Do you long to hear it? Are you like, oh, come on. What is it? What do, what do I need to know? What do I need to be reminded of? Are you there? Or is it just going to be, eh, I might think about it some. You know, sequel in nine months. Come on. First verse, Psalm 27, 13 through 14. 
Uh, can you identify with this? I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he who he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. What do you have to do? Wait on him. Now, let's be careful here. This waiting, brothers and sisters, is not, oh, yeah, that's true. I'm going to set that waiting part over here, and I'm going to get distracted by this other stuff, and then all of a sudden, God is going to be my strength. Is that how it works? Seek the Lord. When you're waiting on him, you are seeking him, right? When you're waiting on the Lord, you're spending time in the word. When you're waiting on the Lord, you're spending time in prayer with him. When you're waiting on the Lord, you're spending time singing to him. You're singing the truths, a lot of the truths we have that I believe the Spirit has helped us to, to, to gain in song so that when those times come, when the what-ifs happen that we live in every day, when that happens, we're going to be waiting, but we're going to be waiting rightly as we seek Him. Another one, Psalm chapter 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. And what did He do? He inclined to me and heard my cry. Does that touch you? The God of all, as you wait patiently for him, he inclines to you and he hears you. Do you believe that? Prayer's not going to mean much to you, brother and sister, if you don't believe that. It's going to seem like a futile mission of words, and that's not what prayer is, unless you go about prayerfully, unbelievingly. Okay? I'm reminding myself of Dusty, when you pray, believe that God cares and God hears, and he is going to incline to you. And he's going to hear your cry, Dusty. Next, Psalm chapter 62, verse 5. My soul, wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. When you're praying, what are you expecting? Are you expecting Oh, Dusty, you're going to get this all figured out. Or are you expecting God hears me and I'm going to wait for him? I'm going to seek him diligently and my expectation is going to come from him. Now, I'd like to, to draw this to a close with sharing how we serve a God who is actively one who breaks into our daily routines to lovingly show that he does care about us and about the struggles we face along this pilgrimage, okay? This is a testimony, all right? Several months ago, 
Several months ago, I was traveling up E-Highway. Guess what I was in? Right on. I was in the school bus, right? It was my morning route. I was on, on E-Highway coming towards town. I don't know if you know on, on E-Highway where Marble Creek Church is, the Rock Church, okay? If you know where that is, you can kind of picture what I'm going to be describing. But these were the words that, I, that came as I was, I was trying to write about this, so... Just bear with me. Several months ago, I was traveling up E-Highway toward my first bus stop in the morning. It was a clear, sunny dawn, and I was, as I was driving, I was praying for my wife and myself about the struggles of this life. You have those? You have struggles that you pray for? You pray for your wife, you pray for your spouse, you pray for your kids. You, you bring it to the Lord, Right? Okay, so I'm in this bus, beautiful morning, praying to God. And as I pass the church, okay, picture this. As I pass the church, I headed down into this darkened, wooden, straight stretch. Okay, there's trees on both sides. This was back when we still had foliage, so it was still leaves. It was still dark when you kind of came out from the sun and started going down through this this path here. Pretty good long straight stretch, okay? So as I'm driving, all of a sudden, an eagle flew in front, right in front of my bus. I mean, just out of nowhere. Out of nowhere? <laughs> right. Out of nowhere, I'm driving, and this, this eagle just from the right side comes out of nowhere, and it's about 15 feet in front of my bus. And it's, it's flying right at about headlight height. Okay. Huh. Instant reactions. I was startled because I almost bulldozed our nation's bird. Right? That was my my what? Is that prison time if you if you bulldoze an eagle with a bus? How's that even work? Right? But so but that was brief. Okay, I didn't really consider that for long because listen to what God did. And I told you this is an account of how a loving God breaks into our daily routine and speaks to us. And I pray that you recognize moments like this when he does it for you because I know God and I know he loves you and I know he does it. It's a question of are you listening and are you seeing? Mine was pretty obvious, right? Eagle right in front of me. I'm going about 45 mile an hour and that dude is right in front of me and he's just in front and then as I continued to drive, it continued to fly. And then a peace filled that bus. And I hope this is a peace that you know about. I was praying for my wife and for myself and for the struggles we were having. And God showed up in a school bus because of an eagle that was flying in front of me. And you know what the Lord did with that image in front of me? The Spirit brought a scripture to mind. And I bet he may have brought the same scripture to you right now already, maybe. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who what? Wait. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. 
that scripture came to mind and there was peace on that bus. And as I was remembering those truths, the eagle began to gradually ascend the dreary wooded corridor. And with each powerful stroke, it rose higher and higher until it soared above the treetops in the brilliant sunlight. And I'm telling you, my chest about exploded. Why? Because the grandeur of a feathered poultry up there in the air? No! It about exploded because I've got a God, the God of all things, and He chose in love to help me that morning. I believe that. How many eagles do you see on E-Highway flying there? First one I've ever seen at that time that the Spirit used to prick my heart of the word that was here, hide God's word in your heart. Why? Because of that. Because God using those moments where he brings the word. It wasn't the, the eagle. It was reference to the eagle in the word where God's going to talk about what he's going to do. Because those who wait on the Lord will what? They will renew their strength. And not only will they, they will renew their strength, they will fly like wings as eagles. And I saw it. This eagle just gradually started going up and going up and going up and going up. And I was like, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Not because that bird's getting higher, but because, God, that's what you say. That's what you say about a believer who trusts in you and who waits in you. They're going to be renewed. Their strength's going to be renewed. Do you desire for your strength to be renewed this morning? He can do it. You don't conjure it up. You wait on the Lord. You trust his promises. And I'll tell you this. My wife and I in our kitchen in front of our stove, when I had the opportunity to share that image with her, she broke down because of God's goodness. I'll forever remember that. And I've shared it with some. That's the kind of God we serve. I was overwhelmed of the nearness of God's love and the encouragement that I couldn't wait to share with my wife about the goodness of his answer to prayer and the hope that was rekindled by the remembrance of his word. I encourage you, brothers and sisters, wait on the Lord. Eagerly wait for his glorious return. Eagerly await the new spiritual body that's been promised that through which we will be able to behold his wondrous glory. And while we wait for Him to return, or we wait for Him to call us home, may we daily wait on the Lord and find hope in His Word. I'm going to leave us with this scripture that we started with. Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I do hope. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for the gift of the Spirit to help us understand it and to see it and not to just to see it, but to know it. And to, God, just please, I pray that your Spirit would just 
Just stir and move and blow among your children this morning. May these truths be so much more than just a visual or so much more than just an agreement of something they heard, but God, may it be truth and reality in their lives. And if it's not, just grant a hunger and a cry for them to call on you, to just call on you to, to be that in their lives. If they're one of those that find themselves in the pit and it's been so long since they've felt the overwhelming love of the Spirit of God in their lives, I just pray, God, you would just bring it to them. Just renew them. Just wash over them. Just thoughts of that waterfall just just pouring over them and pouring over them and pouring over them. God, we need you. And I ask that that Spirit, that same Spirit that reminds us of your love, and makes it known to us as a reality. I trust that that same Spirit is revealing in each individual that has heard this truth today. It's helping them to reflect on what they're waiting for. Oh God, help us not to take your precious truths and make them into secondary thought that we don't even consider. And rarely consider, even in times of mercy, when in your goodness you do bless. Hmm. But help us, God, to eagerly wait, Jesus, for your return, your promised return. Thank you, God, for that hope. Help us to eagerly wait for these bodies to be redeemed, to be made new, a new spiritual body not so that we can be away from all the pains and struggles that we face, God, but so that we might be equipped to behold you more, that we might be able to praise you with a greater depth of understanding of your goodness and your glory. And God, until you call us home, may we learn to wait on you now, to wait on you with an eager anticipation of knowing that you will meet us. So I I just pray, God, that your spirit draw your children today. I pray that this does not fall on deaf ears. And if there are some here that are hurting because this is not a reality in their life, oh, God, move. Just grant hearts of repentance, Lord. If there's sin that is become the idol that is consuming every bit of eagerness that we have for waiting for things, God. Just I pray, God, your spirit, make that known and just help us to see just how empty it is. Whatever the idol is, I pray that your spirit would help them to see how empty it is. I can remember a time when, man, I knew I needed that yellow Volkswagen convertible. Man, I needed it. Oh, it just consumed my thoughts. But God, in your mercy, you helped me to see it years down the road as a pile of rust. And Lord, you took it away. You can do that, God. I pray that you do that for your children. So thank you for your truth. I thank you for the plans you have for us, God. And I trust, God, that your word will not return void. I trust that 
your spirit will bring about a change in us. That's what we pray for, God. That's what we desperately need. And from that change, God, may you be glorified in all. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.